0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe.
1: Back at it again with the Aztecs Basketball Hoops podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Matt Scravey. My guy, Randy Holcomb, with me here on Monday, January 18th. Believe has a podcast for every one of your teams and the only place with the show for your favorite team. We believe in our teams. And we get started with episode number six. And it's, I'm going to lower my voice a little bit because it's a little somber in episode number six. After you called it, Randy, it's maybe not the call you wanted, but you said that they were going to go 0 2 this weekend. I said they're going to split. And we're going to dive right into those games. But first, I just want to get your overall thoughts on what you saw over the weekend or over the last couple games.
0: You know, it's unfortunate. I think we, I think we play hard. I think that, you know, when we, you want college. College is really about playing hard, but when you're playing against good teams, you got to be able to score. And we just cannot figure out a way to score enough baskets. We can't get the ball in the basket enough. Um, mm. I think that's the that's the story, right? When you're playing against yeah. good teams, you got to be able to defend, and you got you you got to be able to offend if that's if that's the right way to use it right (laughs) no i i like it i like it i like it you know if you if you have nothing on the offensive side of the basketball man you, you you know there's there's no way there's no way to to to, to win basketball games against good teams. To sugar. There's no
1: way to sugarcoat what we saw over the weekend, especially on Thursday night. Right. We had uh, on 97.3 The Fan. I was co-hosting with Chris Ella. We had Mark Ziegler on the show. He's San Diego Union Tribune. And he had he he said, when I said that they were offensively challenged, he kind of laughed because he said, you're not going to win many college basketball games scoring 45 points. You're not going to win many high school basketball <laughs> games scoring 45 <laughs> points. And, and that's exactly what he said. And it was, it was so true. It's like yeah. you can't expect to win college basketball basketball games when you're scoring 45 and you're not making easy shots you're not making right. free throws right. you're, you just right. it's it, right Thursday's game was something I think Brian Dutcher probably sat back in his own room later that night and thought oh what am I gonna do going from here yeah
0: I think uh, well I think also that comes down to recruiting you know you have to it's one thing to recruit good kids and, and kids that'll that'll do what you say and and um um and defend right it's easy it's it's kind of easy to find those kids that are you know those raw Mm -hmm. talents but you might have to go out on a limb and start recruiting some kids that are high level players right because at the end of the day you can you can have all the x's and o's that you want but you better have some you better have some players that can play right you better have some players that can and can play consistently not one day it's this guy, the next guy is this guy. It, it just becomes too hard for the coach to figure out whose whose night it's going to be, right? So, uh, yeah, you, you pretty much starting the same the same guys, hoping that you get the same production. That's why you have a starting five, right? Yeah. <laughs> you got to start yeah. diving into the bench, <laughs> and then, yeah, you know. You know, as my my uncle says, you know, the jive just doesn't work. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) (laughs) I like that.
1: We might start using that on this podcast because it's true. It's true. It's very true. And and the silver lining to this whole thing in the first game, actually. I mean, 57-45, Matt Mitchell, their best score, goes down and looks like he's out for the year immediately. I thought that's bad. He was in pain, a lot of pain. Looks like he didn't tear any ligaments in his knee, and it looks like it's it's going to be hyperextended. So he's only missing two weeks, possibly only missing three games. But like you said, it goes back to recruiting. And when you're, that was an interesting point you made because I it makes me think immediately of instead of coaching kids that are ready to go, they're developing kids into college basketball players. And that's just without thinking about it and hearing it now for the first time that makes me think that's where their time as a coaching staff is centered is developing instead of, instead of building off of what these kids already have.
0: Yeah. I think there's oftentimes when you can, you can, it's twofold. Like there's a reason that certain kids go to certain places that, you know, every kid isn't created equal. Like, well, playing, Mm -hmm. playing hard is a prerequisite, right? You know, you have to play hard, Uh, Mm -hmm. but the ability to shoot the basketball is a skill. And that's a skill that's been, yes. you have to work, right? And uh, the ability to score the basketball is, I believe, is a little overrated. But you need to have guys that can score the ball. And scoring is does not mean volume shooting. Scoring is if you mm-hmm. get yeah. if you get nine looks at the basket from anywhere on the anywhere on the floor that you can make six of those, two layups, a three, a mid-range. You get to the line, you make yeah. two free throws. We don't right now. I think Dutch is struggling with trying to find that with the with the group that we have. Um, mm-hmm. Hopefully, I mean, we're we're into the season a little bit, so it's you know trying to develop that now is probably going to be tough. You got to do what you got to do, but going forward, we definitely got the, the the holes that we have uh, are are all in on the offensive side of the basketball. So we're going to have to negate some of the defense when he recruits. Dutch I'm um, speaking of. He's going to have to negate some some yeah. defensive players and go get some guys that can that can that can, you know, put the ball in the bucket.
1: Yeah, like Malachi Flynn types, yeah. and I, I have to I have to put it into perspective because we talked to a lot of people on that on ninety the fan over the past couple of weeks about the Aztecs and why they struggle and all this stuff. We even talked to Dick Vitale. <laughs> he was great. He was great. He, yeah. he just like he still has the energy every time he gets on the yeah. mic. But but he he was pretty much saying like you got to think of it wasn't him just saying it, but the overall thought I got from everything is. It's unfortunate that the year ended last year like it did because they had such a great team. So if they make a deep run in the uh, in the tournament and they say, I don't know, go to the Final Four, which they were completely capable of doing last year, this year is just uh, – the, the struggles that they're having this year are as magnified, I don't think. I don't think we're, we're caring as much if they made a deep run in the Final Four then it's all good because that's what they needed to do. But with the season getting canceled the way it did last year, I feel like that was a disservice to to coach Dutcher and to the basketball team because they had a great team last year. And I know we can't look at last year, but it's all all relative. We're looking at this year because of no result of last year, I think at least.
0: Well, I think there's a lot of different ways that you can look at it. Um, I think everybody kind of had the same struggles, if if I'm being fair, right? Everybody kind of had the same struggles. I don't think that. Uh, I don't think that there was any I don't think that there was a hotter team in the country. Um, And I also think that that's played into some of how people are playing against us this year. They know, you know, when you play against you start, there's a difference between being the hunter and the hunted. Mm -hmm. Right. And uh, if you when you start to when you start that. You start to see that we were hunting people last year. This year, we seem like we're being hunted down a little bit, right? And and, in that, people start to notice your weaknesses when, you know, when you, when a when a lion chases a gazelle, not to get too far into the woods, but when a lion, no, I love you know, this. Keep
1: going. Keep going. But when, a lion,
0: <laughs> when a lion chases a gazelle, slaps his back leg. Right, it gets close enough, yeah. and then it, it there's a leg trip that you know because it yeah. knows that it'll lose balance and so on and so forth. When people play against us, they force us to try to score, and or um, they you know they're playing they're playing pack line defenses where you know they're they're trying to they're trying to force us into shots that a normal team would be able to take and make. We're trying to run our offenses, uh, a lot of passing, a lot of shuffling and all the rest of that. When you get done with all of the passing and all of the, in all of the smooth offenses, guess what? The ball still has to go in the basket. Whether we wait. It's the name of the game. That's the name of the game. (laughs) Whether we wait until the end of the clock or the beginning of the clock, we got to get the ball in the.
1: Yes. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you 100%. And so let's get into the just a pr- uh, preview of what we're going to talk about and some of the things that ended under the Aztecs. The Aztecs' streaks of um, 13 straight road games is is gone. They were the number one team in the country before that loss on Thursday. Their streak of 48 consecutive games without back-to-back losses gone. So that's a little bit that's, – that's crazy. 48 consecutive games without back-to-back losses. That doesn't happen very often. Yeah, you're right. And – all of a sudden this, this uh, we're kind of talking about, it. this is slightly moving towards a quote unquote rebuilding year in college basketball. So we'll, we'll get into what we mean by that, but um let's start with the first game. They held – I mean, on defense, they they played really well against Utah State. They held them to a season-low of 57 points after Utah State averaged 84.3 in their previous six. So they cut them almost by – they cut them 27 points in that game, and they forced a season-high 18 turnovers. So the defensive side was there. They just – could not get going on offense. And a lot of what I was seeing and hearing uh, the chatter on social media from some of the more respected basketball writers, it it just seems like teams are now forcing the Aztecs to take twos instead of threes, which is what you were kind of talking about just now. And it's kind of weird to think that it's a higher percentage shot for the Aztecs from three than it is to have a two point shot, (laughs) but it is, I mean, they have shooters. Well, you just can't rely on your shooters all the time because when your shooters are cold, you're not going to score.
0: Shooting is just what it is. You can look at the percentages of a shooter and 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 figure out you know where you know where they need to uh, where they need to shoot the ball from. Shooting mm-hmm. shooting thirty to forty percent from three is is a very good thing because they're they're threes. Shooting thirty or forty percent from two uh, mm-hmm. is a is a <laughs> is not great at all. Right? knock it. and and on top of that when you think about that the the idea people don't realize when you're when you're when you're playing basketball right in the game of basketball it's easier to shoot a three and a layup right because those take maximum energy when you shoot a layup you're shooting the ball you know you're jumping as high as you possibly can and laying the ball mm-hmm. up when you shoot a three point shot you're shooting the ball with as much force that you your maximum force that you shoot with. That's what you're. That's what you're shooting with to shoot a three point shot. When you start to get into the mid range area, which is what Utah State forced us into, those uh, shots become very very hard. They're 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 contested shots. They're not shots that you normally shoot. Any basketball player, any basketball mind will tell you every time you take a dribble, the percentages go down anyway. So the, it becomes a very very difficult. Uh, thing to 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 do, right? You know, shoot those mid-range yeah. shots. So taking away the three and taking away layups is what any good team is going to do to anybody, right? But it's when yeah, you have guys yeah. that can that can play in the mid-range that that kind of help you out. That's true. In
1: that first game on Thursday when they lost by 12, they shot 17 for 54, which is 31.5%. They shot five for 21 from three, 23.8%. And they only shot – um Nine free throws they made six. Meanwhile, Utah State not much better. But when you're shooting 31 percent from the field, and then Utah State <laughs> shoots 43 percent from the field, <laughs> and they took one less shot than you,
0: yeah, it's not good. No. You're never gonna win. No, you're never gonna win. It's not. It's gonna not gonna good win. at all. I, I think, I think that you know you're playing against a good team and you're hoping to take away their their strengths, right? And I think we were trying to slow them down and take away their strengths. And I think that. I didn't talk to Dutch. I have not talked to Dutch, but I'm going to go out on the limits and, and say that if he felt that if he slowed the game all the way down, that they would have their best shot. And when you get in the second game, you'll see that, you know, it was a lot closer. Right. So, uh, yeah. But, yeah, I think that he just felt as though he if he slowed the game down to a crawl, um, I think that we, we would have had an opportunity. He thought that, you know, the, the group would have had an opportunity to win.
1: Yeah, I would have agreed with him, too, if they were to slow the game down. But the other thing is, is I'm kind of jumping all over the place because these two games are all part of the same thing. I know I'm trying to I can't I can't do it because (laughs) like Nathan Mensa, we've talked about him a few times this year about how much we love his play on the court. But he just disappears at times. And that's you can't do that, especially when your guy, Matt Mitchell, is out in the uh second game, which Nathan Mensah only scored three points. He only shot the ball five times. And he he wasn't, I don't believe he was in foul trouble. He only had five rebounds, one block. It's just you can't disappear from the lineup like that. That's that's where uh, you get his season average in points and they win the game. Right. So right. it's just, you, you, I don't know what that is. And hopefully you could tell me why there's so, so much inconsistency.
0: I think that, um, I think that first, I think his matchup was a, was a tough one. Queda, the kid Queda that plays. Oh, he's yeah. He's really, good. he's really, really good. Like that kid's a pro, like that kid, that kid may be an yeah. NBA player. Right. And true. Um, so with that being said, um, you know, you, you got to be ready for war. And I don't know if Mensah is ready for war on a night in and night out basis. You know, the, yeah, his play is going to dictate with the, the, the group is what the group is. You know, yeah. we have what we have. If he can figure out a way to put up 10 points and 10 rebounds and three blocks a game, right. Mm-hmm. We're going to win more than we lose period. Right. We're going to be, we're going to yep. be that much better. Yeah. Five points, three, three rebounds or whatever, and a block, uh, it just doesn't, it doesn't bowl well. And you would think that he will block more shots. If you look at the way we're scoring and the amount of points or, or the way we're stopping people from scoring, you would think that he's having more of an impact in terms of his ability to change shots. Uh, changing shots is one thing. Blocking shots is a completely different thing. You know, we need him. Yes. We need him swatting some of that stuff out of there, and we need him on the glass. And again, this weekend or this this last week, I should say, uh, he had a, he had a tough matchup there. You know, I, I don't want to, but at the same time, and nobody cares. You got to perform, and I, I think I've said this before. <laughs> <laughs> nobody cares. I don't care how you feel. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. <laughs> you got to play. You got to perform.
1: Yeah that's thank you for putting me in my place because i didn't i didn't really think about i I did think about how great the other player the other center was but at the same time i gotta i gotta put myself on the court and i gotta put myself out of the video game realm where it's just video games you got one guy against one guy right in the real life i mean you got a guy with extremely talented basketball skills right and you got another guy who's Got extremely talented basketball skills, but hasn't put them there yet. Right. So, it, it, it's all a learning process for Nathan Mensa. It's all it, it's good that he's going up against guys like that mm-hmm. because it kind of puts him into a place where he knows where his game's at. Right. And I, I don't feel like he probably took the last two games and thought, you know, I got this basketball thing. I don't think he thought that at all. <laughs> I think he thought. I think he thought. All right, I need to head back into—I uh, I don't know—I'm being really dorky here. The lab and start working. So, no, no, no—that's that's my—that's my, that's my thought.
0: Yo, that's the—and that's the—that's the right thought. I don't, you know, you gotta—he's—he's gonna—he's run into matchups this year that have been tough, right? But everybody runs into matchups that are tough, and and how yeah. you come out, you have to start being the matchup that is tough, and that's something that's internal, right? You there's there right. ain't enough skill, there ain't enough training, there ain't enough. None, either you got it or you don't. Either you a dog or you're not. Either you about it or you're not. You know what I mean? Like so, <laughs> yeah, I do. You know we're we're finding out, and he I think he's finding out about himself, and the team is finding out about him. Now he has to figure out how to take it up a level. Because if you go out he there does. and you get whipped every week, man, I mean, there's no way that we're going to win. There's no, there's just no way that SDSU is going to come out on top more than they'll come out on the bottom.
1: Yeah, and now that Matt Mitchell's out, he's got to step up more than ever. I know that he only averages 10 points a game, but that is an important 10 points, especially oh. when he scores three and Matt Mitchell leaves late in the game. Uh, Matt Mitchell only had 10 points that night that he left. So it just all it, – it, you're, you're playing with fire because you're – you're trying to win having everyone fire on all cylinders and good teams and good programs. And I'm not saying that they're not a good team or a good program, but they need to figure out how to be more consistent across the board right. instead of just having these these games where they score 80 points or 70 points and then they score 45. It's just kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. But it is all part of I, – I attribute a lot of it to the fact that there was no real training camp for teams this year because of COVID. And they were only allowed, I think – three players on a quarter at a time for a while. And the games are, you know, they're in their, what, 13th game. It, it's its coming together, but I just feel like this, we, this year is becoming a lost year, and I kind of feel bad for Matt Mitchell and Jordan Shackle. And I know I'm already going – I've already dug the grave, it sounds like. That's pretty much what I'm doing, I guess. <laughs> but uh, I, I need to have a little bit more faith in Brian Dutcher. But it's slipping away. It is slipping
0: away. Well, I think that there's a lot of different ways to – again, there's a lot of different ways to look at it. They can you they can salvage the year, right? They can salvage the year, but if you if you look-
1: let me ask you, sorry to cut you off. Let me ask you this: what what would be a salvageable year? Is it an NIT? I don't even know if they're having the NIT tournament right. this year. But what would you say is the salvageable? Year? I think
0: the salvage in the year is just is just going out and. In, in- playing better than what they've played up to this point in terms, especially on the offensive end. I don't, it's going to be hard to say, it's hard to say, okay, if you make the tournament or if you get this far in the tournament, this is a weird year, but what you can yeah. do is the very next game, you can go out there and perform. And then the next game after that, you can go out and perform. And the next game after that, you can go out and perform. We Utah State is a is a really, really, really good team. Right. Let's just, you know, you know, I don't I don't want to understate that. And that team has I I believe that team has a NBA player, at least one NBA player on it. Uh, I don't know if we have NBA players. I I would probably say that we don't have NBA players this year on our on our on our team. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think Mensah has a chance. I think his upside is the highest. Him Mm -hmm. averaging his 10 points, especially if we're only going to score 45 The ten that he puts up, right, are critical. Is important, right? So it's very important. If he, if he, if he, if he plays at a higher level, I think that uh, it can be uh, a salvageable year. But we don't really know how many, how many times we're going to have to cancel games. How many times other teams are going to have to cancel or postpone games? We don't know how that's going to play out, right? But I do hold out hope that we can, you know, that we can we can look better than what we did over the or we can win, right? we didn't necessarily yeah. look bad uh except for the offensive part, but if we can figure out how to how to win, right? I think that we can do that. I think we can we can play against some teams and do that.
1: Yeah, well, let's let's go with some silver linings here. We already kind of said what they they did on defense, but for the weekend, for a team that coming into the series averaged 84.3 points, they only gave up uh Sixty-four and fifty-seven. Right, so right. that's
0: really good. That's huge. That's really good. And that's to a team that huge. was averaging. You got. I don't mean to cut you off, but that's that's a team. No, 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 no. Yeah, that's a team that's averaging up to this point. I mean, eighty points, eighty plus points up to this point. I mean, that is <laughs> that the that doesn't whole happened a lot in college. Man, that is. I mean, that is a lot of defense that we play. That and that's a great. That's a that's a huge huge positive to be able to stop people, right? If you can stop them from mm-hmm. doing what they want to do. I mean, that's more than half the battle.
1: Yeah, that is more than half the battle. And they, they forced, uh, again, forced 18 turnovers. That's just all good stuff on that side. Now, I know they took the first game and they, uh, Brian Dutcher went and pra- when they had practice on Friday, they spent all 90 minutes on offense because obviously that was their big uh, problem in the in the first game. And I just want to get your thoughts about that. Like, when you're you're a good defensive team, when you're practicing all offense, uh, just take me through that. I've I've never been through a college basketball practice or a season, so I
0: don't know. Well, I think that the, I think that taking them through an offensive practice, I don't I don't know if that, I get the emphasis. Like every practice has an emphasis, right? And usually that's based on what you didn't do well, you know, True. previous. Uh,
1: which is offense in this game? Right. Which in, is which in is, this is office in this case. Right?
0: <laughs> now I don't know how you tell someone to because no matter what we no matter what the practice was in terms of um, how to get this person the ball or how to get this person the ball, if it's team offense, I don't know how it can be productive. If it's mm. if it's individual offense where they're doing individual skill building, right? Which is what the players need more than they need to be running any offensive play. If we get some skill building in there and they can catch on to some of those concepts, I think that that is a positive, but the problem with that is that skill building is a, is a, is a progression. That's not a, Mm -hmm. Hey, we're going to get in here tomorrow. And then, you know, uh, tomorrow's Tuesday. And we're going to, by Thursday, we're going to get, we're going to get to a game and we're going to shoot 65% from the field. You know what I mean? It doesn't really work <laughs> yeah, that yeah. way. Right. No, it doesn't. So no, it doesn't. we have to have a progression. And in that progression, um, there has to be a plan in place to, in order to get guys to grow there. I'm, I'm not certain as to what, hit, what Dutch's offensive practice would have looked like, Um I will say this um, about Dutch, and from and from what I know about Dutch, Dutch is a. Uh, you have some coaches that they that they have the ability to uh, to build players into offensive juggernauts, right? You some coaches just mm-hmm. can just know how to do that. They can just build or build a player's offensive game. Yeah. Some coaches are better managers of players than uh, than. A, than a guy that can build a player. They know how to manage what a player can and cannot do. I would say that yeah. Dutch is in that in that realm of being able to manage players, not necessarily build them into, you know, into offensive, especially on the offensive side. Juggernauts. Juggernauts, yeah. right? Um, I think that um, – uh, but I do I do know this about Dutch. Dutch is a guy that can go out and recruit too, right? And I think that if he goes out, if he spends the, you know, the year – um this year going out and it might be a little late to for this year to go out and get some kids for next year because most of the good ones are probably already signed um but he has to he has to figure out how to get how to get the guys better offensively and and building skills is is definitely that and not and like i said i don't know if (laughs) I don't know if ninety minutes of practice is going to do that. It's do that right <laughs> well, hey,
1: time. hey, it, it scored them fourteen more points that ninety minutes of practice. Yeah. So without Matt Mitchell, but there was some, there was some in the second game. There were some really good things that happened, and the bench scoring thirty six points, the most since twenty fifteen. That's huge. Uh, Brian Judge said after the game about the offense and he said we wanted to play downhill we wanted to attack and not be so cautious and i think we did that i just want to say what a great job our coaching staff did it's such a quick turnaround to get a team ready to play without its leading score i thought we were aggressive and didn't look out of sorts at all with matt not out there and i'll agree they didn't look out of sorts but they definitely missed him
0: yeah, i'm gonna disagree with everybody right
1: okay Matt. all right, matt, all right. <laughs> i like matt,
0: it matt mitchell was- Matt Mitchell is a is a freaking problem on the floor. He is a matchup nightmare. Right. So um, to say that you were you know, you didn't look out of sorts. Matt solves a lot of problems, man. He he, those long arms and those wide shoulders. He's a guy that you can give the ball to and say, go. We were just having this conversation last week. Yeah, yeah. they didn't they didn't have that this week. Right. They didn't have it. And uh, or at least in the, in the second game. And I guess part of, but the, the, uh, the idea that, that, that you're the same without them is, you know, I think that's just an impossibility. You can, you can mask it and, and you can hide it in, in the numbers. We can, we can figure out an algorithm to make it look right. But that's, <laughs> but, that, but that's all, that's all BS, man. The, the fact is is that you, we got to have somebody <laughs> that can get it right. And, and, and Matt, can, yeah. Matt has the ability to score at a different, at a, at a different clip and rate than most than than most players can.
1: Yeah. I keep referencing our interview with Mark Ziegler, but he just has always great information and I love reading his articles. You should go check him out on uh, San Diego Union Tribune. I think it's at S D-U-T-Ziegler, Z-E-I-G-L-E-R on Twitter. And he was he was saying on the show, Matt Mitchell's the only guy on the team that can create his own shot. Right. And and that that's that's i mean that's a great thing to have obviously but when you're the only guy that just gives the, the other team an easy target
0: to stop well, and but can they can they stop him though they can try not all the time yeah not all the yeah, time. Not all time you know what i mean and even when they do stop him you know basketball basketball one on one a double team is a sign of respect right that's a sign of respect which opens it up for somebody else matt mm. matt he gets a lot of he gets a lot of eyes. If even if he doesn't get a double a double team, the defense shifts. It has to shift to him. He's good enough to score over defenses. Uh, without him, everybody has to. Everybody just stays home, right? They can play behind that guy yeah. or in front of their guy. So that makes it a you know I'm a, again I'm gonna disagree with you guys vehemently in that I, I believe that he is he is a uh, he was definitely missed. And we can hide it in the numbers and we can just, you know, we could just say, well, the output was the output. No, it's a, it's a difference when Matt, Matt applies a completely different pressure to defenses that that we did not have.
1: Yeah. That's why I need you to, 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 see through the coach speak because I bought all that 100%. I was like, yeah, that's right. That's right. They were aggressive. They didn't look, they didn't look out of sorts. And so thank you for bringing me back to earth because Brian Dutcher, uh, he's selling ice to Eskimos. I I don't know if that's, i don't know if that's a a proper phrase <laughs> right. anymore so i'm sorry if i offended any eskimos but oh yeah I, we're, we're gonna go forward right, and right, right. Uh, i didn't mean any harm by it but brian dutcher he he's selling me used cars he's doing all that stuff so no i am uh, glad that you were here to to stop my thinking before it went too crazy
0: yeah and, and i believe that if you caught dutch on a on a on a late night um you know, if he drinks a beer, I don't know. I don't know if, you know, if you caught him with a, you know, with a beer in hand, I think that he would tell you that, you know, the players got to play. I I, I know Dutch well enough to know that uh, he knows that the guys have to perform and not have Matt was a, was a huge deal. Um, You know, all of the, all of the rest of it is, you know, is probably just political talk for the, For the news outlets, for the newspapers, (laughs) for
1: people like me to calm down a little bit, like, okay, we're good. But let me just say something about Dutch drinking a beer. I don't know that he drinks, I've never even heard about him drinking or anything like that. But anybody with hair that great and smooth and like perfect, (laughs) they, in my experience, they definitely. Have at least a beer when they're done ah. with their game because that's when they let their hair down in public. Though his hair is perfect every single time I see <laughs> yeah. him, it's amazing. Yeah,
0: that's amazing. Dutch, Dutch is a Dutch is a uh, he's a clean cut, smooth dude. And I, I got, I got, he that. really he's, is. He's definitely a dude that is a a, a, a clean cut, smooth guy. You know what I mean? I, yeah, I he he is. And when
1: he sits in that living room and talks to a future Aztec, yeah all I'm going to be looking at is how clean cut and smooth he looks and, and how nice of a guy he is. And I might be in, hey, right. I might be in, right. especially with that part in his hair. I'm going to ask <laughs> him how to do that. <laughs> how do you get that part? So perfect all the time, Dutch, uh, before we wrap up here, cause we, uh, I mean, we talked about all the different angles of the games against Utah State. The, the the other two things that I wanted to get to was the free throws were atrocious again on Saturday. They shot seven for 15 from the line. Utah State shot 19 for 25 from the line. And if you look and they I don't expect them to make every free throw, but you have eight missed free throws. You lost by five. There's your margin of victory right there. I don't know how you shoot better free throws. Um I don't What are your thoughts on that whole thing? Well,
0: let's, let's look into those numbers a little bit. I was just talking about looking into the numbers and how we shouldn't, but yeah, let's, let's look, let's look into these. One team shoots 25 free throws. The other team shoots how many? 15. 15. 15. Uh, so there's a clear difference in the aggression getting to the, getting to the basket. Interesting. There's a, there's okay. A, there's a, yeah. There's a clear indicator that there's a, there's a difference in aggression and, and that may be due to confidence in making free throws, uh, okay. you know, one team goes 19 to 25 and the other one goes, uh, seven, for, seven 15. for 15, you know, just a shade over 50%. So I think that the, um, the first thing is that there's a different level of aggression between those two teams. The, uh, uh, some of that could have been some home cooking maybe, you know what I mean? Like, I mm, you know, yeah. I, I'm not really sure. Um, uh, but the, uh, uh, but I, I do think that if you you have to be able to make free throws, you have to be able to, you know, stop the clock, especially in in, in games where it's going to be a battle. You got to be able to create contact, scream, shout, whatever, get the get the referee to blow the whistle, stop the game and be able to step to the line and make two free throws. Uh, again, without um, this is another place that Matt was missed. Matt is so mm-hmm. big and strong that he is going to get contact, right, and and get to yeah. the line. He would probably added. I would have, I would imagine that he probably would have added another six free throws to our total, uh, okay. uh And hopefully he would have went to the line. I don't know what he's shooting from the line, but I would I would hope.
1: I'm looking right now. He is 81 so, percent from the well, line. Well, then
0: there you go. Right. So yeah, um, I think that that is uh, that's an area that again scores can get to the line and stop the clock. Um, and get points while <laughs> clock isn't moving. And when you play yeah. against teams like that, I, I think you have to you, you have to have that. Why we're such a poor free throw shooting team? What are we shooting? Do, can you see what we're shooting?
1: Oh, overall, yeah. yeah, I can. Give me one second. But Matt Mitchell's averaging, if I'm rounding up, he's averaging five for seven free throws on the year. Oh,
0: well, yeah, I was so I was I was I was right on the money. You probably would have added another yeah. six free throws or so. And, yeah, let me and, get to the stats of the team. What was I looking up
1: real quick? The free throws, the, <laughs> our free throw percentage for the year? Uh, the free throw percentage for the year is 71%. Okay, so we
0: were we were down in this particular situation, right? Very down, uh, very but down. But again, Matt was probably the, if, if you're looking at, if he shoots 80% and we normally shoot 71%, Shoots another he shoots another yeah. six or seven free throws. Then we're, we're at where we're supposed to be. But the guys who are yeah. playing, they need to they, they got to be able to step to the line. And we're a pretty good. We're a pretty good three point shooting team, I would imagine. And so I, I'm not really sure why we're not. If we can make a 25 footer, why can't we make a 15 footer? Huh? It's really strange.
1: It's like one of the things I'm great at. My uh, like when I was growing up, I was really good at knockout, in a yeah, yeah, free throw yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. I was really good at that just because I could make free throws, and yeah. it's like really the only shot I could make on a basketball court. They're shooting thirty six percent from three. Yeah,
0: that's-
1: They're shooting almost half what they are from three in free throws, and that's never
0: a good look. No. Yeah. And and that's what I'm saying. There's there's a there's something going on there. Um, because this, shooting the three point shot today is is very fundamental, right? The game has yeah. changed uh a lot. But at the same time, at the same time, <laughs> you gotta be able to mix it up. You gotta be able to mix some other things in. And when you're playing against good teams, man, they're they're not gonna allow you to be able to get all the way to the basket. You gotta be able to stop, pull up I mean, at 13, 14, 15 feet to be able to make yeah. a shot, including a free throw. Yeah,
1: especially. Yeah. And especially when their, Utah State made 14 of their final 18 points at the line. That's just a, a slow death. Yeah, it is. It's just such a slow yeah, it death. <laughs> oh, it's brutal. It's like they can't make anything from the floor, but you get them to the free throw line, they make everything, and you're just like, it's just it, one stitch taken out at a time. <laughs> so the stitches are all taken out. Uh, the last thing I want to talk about was freshman Lamont Butler. He filled in for Matt Mitchell pretty well, so we got to see a little bit of what the future was like for the Aztecs. He had four Four first-half steals, finished with 13 points on six of eight shooting. Uh, Most of them were at the rim, and he was beating defenders off of ball screens. Mark Ziegler, again, I'm referencing him. We're going to have to get him on one day because he's great. But he was saying that this is the first kind of look that they've had, a Malachi Flynn-esque look that they've had with a player on the floor all year. And that was a big reason for their success last year was being able to take um, screens and being able to get to the rim. So hopefully they can see what they got with this guy, maybe develop him a little bit more like we were talking about, but six of eight shooting 13 points and four first half steals pretty good for, for the, for the young guy.
0: I think it's phenomenal. Anytime you can get some production, you find production, you know, you, you want to ride it out, um, The thing is, is that he is a freshman. So finding consistency there is probably going to be somewhat of an issue. And in that development process over the, over the, over the years as a freshman, developing him uh, is going to, that's about allowing him to make some mistakes too. Um, Four steals is phenomenal. I'm looking at that. That is a lot. I'm looking at that. That's game changing. That's, that's a game changer, right? That's, that's a, that's a player that's, the points are, you know, what, if you're out there on the floor, then you should be able to get some points, but four steals. I mean, I, I mean,
1: that doesn't happen. That, that does, does not he happen. He had in the first half, he ended up with five steals overall in the game, which is still, I mean, I'm right. Five steals overall in the game is amazing. Right. I mean, that,
0: you think about that. I mean, the people that have been great average about, you know, two, two and a half a game. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for him to have five in a game. <laughs> I mean that that's a lot of takeaways and that that also is you know one of the reasons that we're able to force as many turnovers as we do so
1: yeah he also um I, I, he also went uh the the center for uh Utah State I, I can't ever pronounce his name Quetta uh Quetta 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 mm-hmm. yeah he um actually fouled out of the game because of Lamont Butler Lamont Butler drove to the hoop kind of did a uh this is where I get in trouble on defense when I play basketball. Yeah, yeah. I bite on the, the the pump fake every single time, and I come <laughs> down on someone. But that's exactly what he did. And that and you're saying that Queda is an NBA-caliber player. So if he's already thinking, Lamont Butler's already thinking, if I fake up right. and get him off his feet, I'm going to make him foul out. Right. That's awesome. Right. That's great stuff. I love what I see from Lamar right, Butler right, right. In, this, in this game. And he's been pretty good all year. He hasn't got that much opportunity. But now that he has opportunity in this game, he's kind of showing what he can do. And it's, it's awesome to see. Well, I think,
0: again, I think that there was a reason that he was recruited to come in there. And I think that, you know, the, any minutes that you can get as a young guy are, are precious, right? But I think that also think that uh, that he's gonna he's definitely the future program. I think you know, yeah. probably yeah. probably next year. He's probably gonna be called on a lot more next year to, to you know, yeah. Hopefully by
1: Matt Mitchell's gone, Jordan Shackles. Yeah. Gone. So
0: it's probably gonna be his show, I would imagine, unless they bring some other guys in. Um yeah. But um but I w- I want to see more. I-, I would like to see more before before we do any, uh I think we might need to put away the anointing oil. You know, I don't want I, <laughs> I was just
1: thinking that. I was just thinking, okay, I'm putting away my crown. I, I had it all out and everything, but it's going back in the box. We could we could wait for a couple more, a uh, couple more weeks. Yeah, yeah, let's, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the crown back in yeah, the box. Let's
0: let the us let the uh, the young guy earn his keep. You know what I mean? Let's let him earn it a little bit. If we if, if we can. Yeah. But uh, again, he's a talent. I don't want to take anything away from him. He is definitely a for talent. For sure, for sure.
1: Yeah, it was just exciting to see that. And and uh the these the, the I, I know I said two more things, but I got three more things. The last thing, I just this might not have anything to do with anything, but they're 3 and 11 on CBS. Did we already talk about this earlier no, we on did. the podcast? I'm not we sure. Did. Okay, cuz we talked about it before. We talked about it off air, but, right? I think we Yes, off air, yeah. yes. I got to start putting notes in there. But since 2010, the Aztecs are 3 and 11 on National CBS games and it it really hurts for because all the fans that I'm included in it, thinking the Aztecs need a little bit more national exposure, but every time they play a game on CBS, they look terrible and they lose. <laughs> and one of those games was against Colorado State, where they came back from 26 points down. So I, I don't get it. I don't think there's a correlation to it. It's just not good.
0: Yeah, I don't know either. Yeah, I, I don't know. No, I, I got nothing there. Uh, I just think that we, yeah, it's weird. Yeah, right? I just, you know, I just think we got to be, you know, you got to be able to perform on on those platforms I mean those are you know sometimes you you know the coaches will tell you you know hey you know we're playing here we're playing on this you know channel or whatever the case may be you have to be able to perform um yeah i'm I'm hoping that we that we don't have stage fright <laughs> I hope that that's not the, <laughs> the case but uh, those are big games though man. Those CBS games are big games, you know, and everybody watches CBS, you know.
1: Uh, yeah, and, and and yeah, and also like the the reason that they're on CBS is cuz it's a great matchup between two great teams right, and so right. it, it's also that they're they're drawing they're drawing the hardest teams to play on national television. Right. So the the only wins that they've had were I believe I'm going to miss one of them, but it was uh, a win over Kansas earlier in the decade. And then it was uh, beating New Mexico in the Mountain West tournament. And then there was one more random one in there that I can't remember right now. But it's uh, those are big wins. Oh, St. John's in the 2015 NCAA tournament. Okay, so they need to uh, they need to figure out how to play nationally. If you want to if you want to come to San Diego State and you want to be a star got to play well yeah you got to play well on national tv yeah i mean and,
0: and those are the games that get you recognized too right when you for, mm-hmm. you know those are the games that people see if you if, when people don't see those uh, you know it's it, it's it's easy to perform I, I i always found it easier to perform in a pickup game uh in uh uh in pb right at the pb rec you know it's easy it's <laughs> yeah. easy, it's easier to you know kill up there than it is to, yeah. than it is to, you know be on on campus with all the lights bright oh, yeah. you know with and, oh, you yeah. know and everybody's screaming at you trying to show so we got to get used to the extra cameras and and walking past the truck outside and uh you know what i mean uh, all that all of that, that jazz. you know we got to get used to that you know and hopefully, hopefully yeah hopefully some of our young guys will be able to get you know get in tune with some of that
1: yeah, the first time I was ever on Aztecs basketball pre- and post-game uh, a few years ago, I was on the big stage for the first time. I was very nervous. So I they, they came to me. And I froze, and I had nothing to say, and that was me failing on my national debut. And so I could kind of understand it because I was like, "Oh my god, you've been thinking about your first line all day, and you can't say it when it's time." Like, come on, bro, come on. So I've gotten better over time, but I can understand maybe a little bit why they're playing like that on CBS. But you gotta play better. You gotta play better because then people love the Aztecs. Yes,
0: absolutely, absolutely. I think we'll be fine. I think it just over time. Yeah. I think some, you know, some of that is just who we we're playing against two. Those are, you know, like you said, sure. those are, the, those are our toughest matchups, you know, because they, you yeah. know, they want to draw to those games, you know? So, yeah, uh, you know, we definitely want to be playing. Well, let me not say who we don't want to be playing, but we don't want to be playing yeah. people that aren't very good on, on national TV. Yeah. Nobody watches. Yeah. So.
1: Well, Air Force is not; they're not going to be playing against Air Force in uh, on a national TV game. Those are the next two games they have. I guess they're called "Get Right" games, but they have a game on Friday against Air Force in Colorado, and on Sunday against Air Force in Colorado. Air Force two and five in conference, and uh, four and seven on the year. So, those are two games that are winnable. Those are two games that they should win. And we'll see where they're at when they play these games. But hopefully
0: next week, we're talking about two wins rather than two losses. Agreed. Agreed. I think that um, these are two very winnable games. I would be shocked if we didn't come out uh, with both getting with with, you know, two and oh coming out of this deal. two Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think it, it would be a way to, you know, just kind of get back on track and work on some things and, you know, get ready for the rest of the season. I would imagine.
1: Yes, I would uh, agree with you 100%. Well, that is it for today's Aztecs basketball podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I am Matt Scraby. That is Randy Holcomb. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, everything, at Matt Scraby. And you can find Randy at Alfred's House on Twitter and Instagram and, and all that stuff. So... Uh, you can just go check us out. Please follow us. Please uh, comment on what we're doing here. I, I've seen the numbers of the podcast. It looks good. So thank you for people listening and all that. And hopefully you're enjoying what Randy and I are doing. And uh, we'll be back with you next Monday when after two games against the Air Force. So hopefully, again, we're talking about an 11-4 basketball team rather than like a 9-5 and or 9 9-6 basketball team. So, all right. That's it. Aztecs basketball podcast on the Blue Podcast Network. Talk to you next week.